This is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today I am delighted to have Ross Lipschultz. Ross is the manager of corporate communications for the Chicago Bulls. Very interested in having him to get a little different perspective. Ross, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Callan. I appreciate it. Great. I've always said, Ross, you know, if I was starting a business from scratch, I probably wouldn't hire a publicist or a PR agency. Uh, the majority of the pitches that I get, I mean, there's probably there's a few well-written pitches. Some are mediocre, but the majority are are, are poorly written. I'm quite sure that uh, I mean, I mean, and this is this is something that you have to do as well. But you do it from a different angle because you're also doing the pitching uh, for the Bulls. Now, now, do you do it yourself, or do you have a te- or do you have a, a staff that uh, d- uh, does it for you? How does that work? Um, so, in my process, in the role I'm in now, I do most of the pitching myself. I'll write the pitches, I'll write the press releases, I'll write the media alerts. Um, I will have someone edit them, obviously, because, like you said, you don't want them to come off. You know, unproofread. You don't want them to come off like they don't make sense. It's very important to get your message across, and you really only get three to four sentences to do so. Because I'm sure many people like yourself get so many pitches they don't have time to read long, rambling notes. So it's key to make sure they're quick. But I end up doing almost a, a vast majority of the pitching for my team. Interesting. Now, you know, what would you say? Ross, because obviously yeah, I liked your pitch. That's why you're on the show. There but, you go. Uh, <laughs> what would you say are some key tenets or some perhaps some tips you can offer uh, to cr- creating uh, a great pitch uh, when you're trying to pitch media? For sure. Uh, the first one that I give, and I kind of touched on it before, is that you really only get three to four sentences. Um, I came from a background of working with a PR agency. Um, and a lot of times when clients have sayings and pitches, they want all of their messaging, every, every single piece of information in the single pitch. And journalists just don't have enough time to read all of that. If they open an email, I know journalists that if they open an email, it's two paragraphs long, they'll delete it. So having lengthy pitches, information in there is just not a great way to do it. Um, so that's one tip for it. Uh, number two, like you said yourself, make sure it's edited, edited make sure it's proofread because... I know for me, I'm a huge grammar nerd. If I see someone make a mis- like an easy mistake, like your versus you are, or there, there, and there, uh, it can really per- turn me off, and I stop stop my focus really quickly. Um, and then what I would also say is another good way to get your message across is to uh, forgo the uh, hope you're having a nice day or hope your week's going well. If you're pitching someone who's a friend of yours, you can say something personal, like, you know, I have reporters who I've gone out to drinks with or something like that. You can say, you know, very nice to see have seen you that time. But if you don't know the person, get right to the point. Don't go around with formalities. You want to give them exactly the information they need, and then they can take it from there. Wow. That's very interesting, Ross. Uh, three to four sentences. Now, personally for me, now, I mean, sometimes I, I like to say, so, sometimes I think that works, but then sometimes uh, it may not. Uh, sure. you know, you know, like for example, uh, I think when you, I think when you're affiliated with strong brands, I think definitely three or four sentences is enough. But I think mm-hmm. when I think it where you're not known or you know, or you're trying to really sell yourself, uh, you may have to present a better case on why a journalist should consider you. Or I do think they should put a bit more effort to sell themselves uh, to maybe hopefully convince or persuade uh, the journalist, uh, the show host, or TV producer why they should uh, you know, consider that person. Yeah, and, and you know, I agree with that. There are obviously exceptions to everyone. I don't, I don't disagree that there's a good amount of persuasive writing to do, especially if you're with a smaller brand. And I've worked on a number of smaller brands in the past in my previous role. Obviously, the Bulls are a well-known national name. Indeed. But but and you know i totally understand that point however i generally think if you even with a small brand if you're able to persuasively write properly 
you know, everything in PR is persuasive writing. Even the press releases that have a seemingly neutral tone, it's still all persuasive writing because you're creating a storyline, you're creating an angle for it, and you want people to pick up on that. So, you know, yes, I agree. If you need to go to five, six, even seven sentences to get your point across, that's usually fine. But knowing the journalists, knowing what they're looking for is just as important. And sometimes you can do it in a quicker manner that may help even for a smaller brand. For sure. Now, let's talk about some of the things, you know, in, in, well, actually, let's, let's go in this direction. Sure. Let's talk about college education, because I definitely mm-hmm. I would definitely like to hear from you to see, do you think that is pertinent or very, uh, very, very important in a person being successful in the PR industry? Or do you think it's really not that necessary? Um, I think a college education generally uh, can be specific, can be very helpful. But for example, in my, I don't have a public duration, public relations degree. I have a journalism degree and a film background. Um, I don't, but that doesn't mean I can't be or someone else can't be a successful uh, PR representative without a public relations degree or a graduate degree. Uh, um, but I do think that having experience in the public relations field is more valuable than an advanced degree in the public relations field. I had a number of interns that worked underneath me in the past who had degrees but were not at were a couple years behind, and it, you know it slows their career curve down. And I think being an entrepreneur, being someone who's focused on their career, or when you're in your 20s, your 30s, you want to make sure you're accumulating that strong experience. Um, but I, I think that if you're going to college, you know, if you're taking persuasive writing classes, if you're taking, you know, even journalism classes are a great way to write concise and to the point messaging. Those are certainly very helpful. Um, now, I suppose if you picked up a journalism job or you picked up a writing job without going to college, you can still develop those skills very easily. So it's not it's not an absolute requirement, but I think it can certainly help. Indeed. Now, as far as the role you play and then, you know, and also kind of being part mm-hmm. of the same organization with the basketball players, uh, do you represent them as well or do they have their own spokespeople? Um, most of our players have their own spokespeople. Now, if they come out to events that we are doing publicity for the Bulls specifically, you know, we'll, we'll represent their interests and work with those teams. But if they're doing their own opportunities, if, you know, one of the players is doing a commercial or doing something like that, their own publicist will handle that. Mm. And your experience, do you think, cause I know, you know, you pitch a lot of people, but a lot of people probably pitch you as well. Want want to do type mm-hmm. of partnerships or sponsorships with the Chicago Bulls, things of that matter. Do you think, in your experience, that good pitches are more of a novelty rather than the norm? Um, I think it's. I think it can go either way. You know, I have seen some her. You know, some horror story pitches before where people aren't even using the space bar. You know, they're they're writing in without proper English, and I. I Obviously, that happens. But, you know, when you're in a in my field, I've seen a lot more proper pitches because, like you mentioned, when you work for a bigger brand, people seem to take more of a t- more of the time and they seem to have more of the background information. When I'm pitching something for, you know, in the past, I worked with a client who was like a hallmark version of Netflix, um, but the company is no longer around anymore. But when I worked with them, you know, people didn't really know there were people who tried uh, who tried to pitch them and things like that. It was not the same. Some of the pitches were a little bit more finicky. They were coming from, you know, maybe mom and pop blogs or things like that that are not as established. So their the quality wasn't always as good. But that doesn't mean it's consistent throughout. So I would say it's kind of a toss up of where pitch quality can lie. And Ross, if people want to follow you or get in contact with you, how to do that? Sure. Um, anyone can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn. Uh, my handle is R-O-S-S-E-L 64 um, on all three of those platforms. And I encourage people to do so. I mean, um, so I'd be happy to talk more about this if anyone has more interest on PR or pitching. I am delighted to have Crystal Covington. Crystal is the PR director of Natural Grocers. She's also a TEDx speaker. She's also a Forbes contributor. And she's the founder and CEO of Women of Denver a social enterprise association for women. Very happy to have her with us. Crystal, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. If I started a business from scratch, that I probably wouldn't hire uh, a publicist. Uh, you know, unfortunately, 
uh, I get bombarded with pitches day after day, and uh, there's a few well-written ones. Uh, there's some that's uh, mediocre, and then I would say probably almost 60% of them are just poorly written. You know, I, I do understand that you come at it from a different point of view. I've, I've, in, I've interviewed uh, several publicists or people who own PR agencies, but you are a PR director that represents quite a big a suit market chain. So I'm definitely curious if you could kind of share uh, kind of the role you play uh, as far as uh, in PR and representing uh, your company. Mm -hmm. The role I play is basically organizing, coordinating all of our um, uh, news contributions. So, you know, talking to news directors and finding out what opportunities exist, coordinating opportunities on TV for the for the store, um, doing all of the press releases and things like that. So just kind of telling the story and connecting us with journalists who are um, interested in writing about us or featuring us on their TV shows. Yes. Yeah, so. You're basically, so you're in charge of getting all of the media for your company. So do you do all the pitching? Because I, I know you pitched me, but uh, do you have a team of people that also do the pitching? You know, how, to, how, how does that work? Yeah, so it's all me. So I do all of the pitching. Um, we have a media agency that does the buying stuff. And then there's people here that do all the marketing, the different um, print ads and all of that. But the pitching is all me. Interesting. So I definitely have to say... Um, you know, your pitch was short. Uh, I definitely think, uh, you know, kind of analyzing pitches. I definitely think what drew me out to your pitch is uh, a lot of the affiliations, uh, uh, the, a lot of the brands you're affiliated with. You know, the fact that mm -hmm. I love Forbes, the fact that uh, when, I was in, when I was living in Austin, I love natural grocers. I used to go oh, to that store like, like every day. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to that store like every day. I, I was so addicted. Wow. So, uh, but, but. Among the other things that you was doing, and I, and I took a look at your website, other things, it really, it really sold me on and uh, qualifying you to be a guest. Now, perhaps you can share with you know some people, people who may be preferring to uh, maybe uh, not hire a publicist, perhaps people who have who have had a publicist but who have not been happy uh, with the service. What would be some tips that you can offer to help people pitch more effectively? Okay, well, this is actually a really fun thing to talk about because I think the best pitches are written by uh, real people. I think they're written by the people who are promoting their product or their business or their service. So it's very personal and, you know, they understand that it's coming from you. Mm -hmm. And I think what has taught me most about what it means to pitch is receiving them myself. So being able to kind of see the ones that are really good and the ones that are really horribly bad and frighteningly bad. Um, I've been able to kind of create a balance for myself. Okay, well, I don't want to be like these people um, and really kind of take the examples from the ones that have really um, connected with me. And what connects the most is when they've actually looked at what I put out there and give me something that really does fit. It's a perfect fit and they know it and they present it in a way that I can connect with as well. So you don't have to have read everything that I've put out there. You don't have to know all my details, but just give me something that's relevant. Interesting. What would be some things do you think, I mean, I, I mean I'd definitely be interested in hearing yours and then I'll share mine afterwards, but what, what would be some things you think that would often cause often uh, be the reason for media not responding back to their pitches? Like, what are some no-nos, would you say? Um, well, first off, I think the reason most of the time they don't respond is because they just don't have time. So if it's not a 100% hit at the moment, they're going to ignore it. So it's not, it's not always personal. But some of the things that people do wrong are saying things like, you recently wrote an article about blank. Um, I'd like you to add me to your article because we're a perfect fit. I'm not, the person is not going to change their article for you. Um, if you'd like to be included in the next opportunity, you can say something like, hey, I saw that you recently wrote an article on this topic. Um, my company actually provides services related to this topic, and I'd love to tell you a little bit about it so that in the future, you can incorporate us if you're interested in doing so. Start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com. And scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book 
on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. Let's stop yeah. right there. I like that one. I really like that one <laughs> because, you know, for me, I'm an introvert and I really, I really kind of, I have a, uh, I really, I really, I really respect my space. I, you know, I, I don't like people intruding my boundaries. And for someone to tell me that I need to include them in their article, I feel like, I feel like, right. I, I feel like in a way, like they're, they're ordering me to do something, you know, as opposed exactly. to, as opposed to, uh, you know, being respectful of perhaps the value I can offer. They're com- they're, they're coming more, they're, they're being more aggressive in a way. And, uh, and I, I think, I, I think the way, uh, a lot of people look at it, especially myself, as if, you know, it's, it's not being considerate. It's not really having um, kind of the, the media etiquette uh, you need to build those type of relationships. You know, oftentimes someone tell me that, I'm going to say, well, no, I probably just won't answer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's a very good point. What's another one? Um, another one, I just actually had a discussion with people um, in my women's group about pitching. And one of the biggest questions that they asked is, does it need to be perfect? And no, I think some people are very focused on trying to be too perfect and say something that's so succinct that they don't really get any point across. It's just very, it's too simplistic. So kind of having that sweet spot between trying to write something that's simple and grammatically correct and, you know, actually getting a story out there. So I think most, some of the people that are writing pitches are actually just too afraid to upset anyone or too afraid to write too much. Um, but really, you should just be focused on writing a succinct, quality story that they might find interesting and that's relevant to their audience. I agree. I agree. You know, like, like you said, simple. Like for me, um, I don't want I don't want a person's pitch to be a sentence. Yeah, I don't want a person's pitch to be an essay. You know, it's trying to it's trying to find that it's trying to find that that balance. And um, you know, if Oprah pitched me, you know, you know. She, 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 <laughs> One word will probably. <laughs> yes. Certain people that can uh, obviously get away with that. I mean, obviously, if they they if they know what I like. Again, for example, uh, you know, there's three things that really uh, kind of really interest me in you. There was three things. One was that you run a social enterprise. I love social enterprises. That's that's very mm-hmm. that's very dear to my heart. Another mm-hmm. thing, as I stated before, you love Forbes. I mean, you, you write for Forbes. I love Forbes, uh, so that was a no-brainer. And then, like the fact that, yeah, the fact that uh, you know uh, you're an executive at a grocery store that, like I said, when I was in Austin. I typically went to every day. Uh, there, there, there are those exceptions, and where sometimes uh, I will, you know, accept a person like that. But some, but it, it's important to know what the person you're trying to pitch is important to know what they like. You know, mm-hmm. so if, if you don't really know what they like, then probably a more of a like a, a 200 word pitch will probably be better. But uh, but obviously exceptions like yours, uh, it definitely works. I'm definitely interested in hearing what do you think? You know, I know you're not I know you don't have a PR agency. You don't have a PR firm. But what do you think? Uh, do you think the importance of uh, a person having a college degree can make or break their success. I mean, after all, you are a PR director. Did you go to college for um, public relations or communications? I got my, my uh, bachelor's degree in psychology and I had an MBA. Mm. So I think what really helped me, I mean, the psychology aspect is always thinking about people in societies. I had a societies kind of focus, social psychology. Mm. And um, with the MBA, it helps me understand the business. I think if I didn't understand the business on a really high level, I would struggle a little bit. So you at least have to understand what goes on in the business, how the business functions, and what are the most important things to focus on. And even just relating to the executives in the company, if you don't get what's going on and the work that they're putting in behind the scenes to make this business a success, you won't be able to pitch them or you know really connect with them when you're you know working on your press releases and the different things that you're working on it just it's really helpful but I would not say that if if you're a good writer um, you know that's that's really all it takes being able to write well tell great stories and knowing how to connect with other human beings that's what journalists are is other human beings you can be successful absolutely and crystal if people want to get in contact with you or follow you how can they do that 
Uh, they can find me at crystalcovington.com, my personal website, and on Twitter at crystalgolead. I am delighted to have Jackie Jordan. Uh, she's a two-time Emmy-nominated TV producer, a New York Times best-selling publisher. Uh, she's the founder of uh, um, Los Angeles, California-based uh, TV Guestbird. Uh, it's a media development company uh, primarily responsible for raising the profile of each guest expert, uh, thereby growing their business and brand. Uh, she's also the author of Get On TV, The Insider's Guide to Pitching Their Producers and Promoting Yourself, as well as she authored the book Heartfelt Marketing, Allowing the Universe to Be Your Business Partner. Jackie, welcome. Hello, Callan. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I am doing great. You know, it's this, it's, you know I'm so happy to have you on because it's really a topic that uh, you know, a lot of people ask me about, and, and, you know, from my experience, you know, I definitely wanted to take the time to really go into this. I said that if I started a business over again, I don't think I would probably use a publicist. You know, I've, I've gotten so, I've got so many pitches uh, over time, and I would say there's a few well-written, there's some that's mediocre, and I would say probably the majority of them are horrible. And I just wonder, like, man, like, how much are people paying for the service? You know, people pitch on their behalf, and they have these horrible pitches. So, you know, let's start with this. You know, um, you know. Well, apparently, you liked our pitch because I'm on the air with you right now. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> for so that's, sure, that's a good thing. But I will, I want to say that I agree with you. I think that um, hiring a publicist is not a good idea. How about that? Yeah. Um, I said it. Um, but the reason is that most people don't understand um, the architecture translating publicity to their business. Mm. That's the um, disconnect. And um, as a, also as a result of that, uh, publicists don't spend time, it's not within their business model to spend time educating the client how to do that. So most publicists are just results driven. Let me get, you know, let me get them booked. Let me get them on, you know, Kaylin's show. Let me get them on, you know, this radio show or this newspaper or this television show. So they're just driven to do that. And then the, the business owner is left on the other side going, okay, that was a lot of fun. I call it the one night stand. It was like a lot of fun, but your phone's not ringing after it. For sure. Yeah, let's actually go into that, Jackie. You know, kind of describe us for people, maybe, you know, they're releasing a book or for people, maybe, you know, they're having a startup and they want to probably are considering getting that attention. You know, perhaps you can go into what is the kind of the client and public experience like? Well, that's a great question. Um, qualifying myself, my background is a television producer. So I was uh, on the other side of receiving pitches for years. So I, ha I have the experience. And a lot of publicists, you know, come from others, uh, other areas. But uh, just like yourself, I would receive pitches, especially from publishers about authors and their books. And the uh, publisher would pitch the book. And I'm like, well, there's no book that's ever gone on television. It's always about the author and what is the story. Mm -hmm. So that was a disconnect on the publisher side of things. But it has made me understand, um, you know, when we promote our, our company, TV Guestbert, um, to businesses and also to producers, we actually, or to the media, we basically say we're one of you. We're a producer and we're providing you uh, content, ready-made content with an expert that is camera-friendly. So basically, we're kind of saying, you know, there's going to be no uh, learning curve when you put this person on the air. They get it. They understand the protocol in the green room. They know uh, what a release form is. They know what a general release is. They've seen it. They've signed it. Um, there's going to be no surprises. They understand what a law is. They know what cameras to look at or not to look at. So we, um, you know, and that's the reason why as a company, we're able to get the type of um, media opportunities that we get. So to answer your question specifically about a business owner or an author is that there is a lot, there's a lot of steps, there's a lot of pre-steps taken before you actually get to the pitch. Mm -hmm. And then if a pitch is actually booked, then there's a lot of steps that have to be taken with the execution. Mm -hmm. And now in the digital age of social media, there's a lot of post-appearance steps that need to be taken that fall through on the waste side, I think for lack of education or not want, knowing what to do that help leverage because for me the um, the media opportunities isn't just about people who see the show it's about leveraging the expertise within the business 
So we work, um, as a company, we work under 12-month contracts instead of the typical three- to six-month contracts. I see. And we do that because um, um, even though we like, we like the extension of the money in the contract, the truth is, is that we are operating within a 12-month timeline of media opportunity. Mm-hmm. And when you truncate a contract into three months or six months, you're losing out on you're losing out on the majority of opportunity that's available within the timeline of the media. Just say, for instance, the daytime talk shows. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into they usually go into pre-production end of July, beginning of August. They're taping by the end of August. They tape until November, maybe first week in December, but usually Thanksgiving. They come back up after January, and then they go to May. You know, so if you only have a 90-day contract and you you hit that within their two their two cycles, and something you know something it, you will miss out on the booking, and the producer will just say, you know, we're not taping or we're already booked. That's typical responses. I see. So if you're able to work a, a calendar with a client further out, then you you have the you have time, uh, the other timelines on your side. So so I'm also curious, you know. What are some of the standard industry rates that clients pay for PR agencies or, or, or publicists? Because I'm always amazed about, especially the, especially I would say probably the the sixty percent of the pitches I receive. I always wonder, like, how much are these clients paying these people? Like, 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 like I mean, perhaps you know, what is the industry rates? What do you charge? Uh, if you, if um, I'll be transparent. No, I'll be transparent. We in our yearly memberships, we have uh, three memberships, and there's standard, elite, and platinum publishing. Um, our standard membership is um, we we don't host a demo reel on the website, um, and they're either for people who are starting to people or businesses that are starting to build their platform, their media platform, or they're for really, you know, we've had some of our celebrity talent as a standard member because they're basically paying us to just handle the media requests they get. So why pay, you know, why pay more if the the media is going to come to them for the request? So our standard membership is for that sweet spot. Um, Our elite members are $2,500 a month uh, for, um, for the for a twelve month contract, and those are we host their demo reel on our our website, and they're more active. They're really they're more aggressive with their media. I see. Uh, they're more collaborative in the process. Uh, we do dev- devote more hours per month um, to their um, accounting cycle, and then we have platinum publishing. So we since we are publishers, we're legitimate publishers. We're not um, self publishers. We have distribution, nationwide distribution, and we can get a book. A finished manuscript onto bookstore bookshelves within six to nine months of, um, of yeah, six to nine months of a completed manuscript onto bookstore bookshelves within that twelve-month contract, and those clients pay us five thousand dollars a month. So to ask about comp- competitiveness, um, there's a you know Wilshire B- Boulevard, Los Angeles. Um, there's a lot of big PR firms who charge five thousand. Um, as their minimum, and we are meeting um, the demand of having a published book plus tan- handling the PR with it. We found that that was more um, a value for our clients, plus it um, truncated two things for our uh, clients. It truncated the time it took to get a published book, because um, um, as a published you mentioned my book, Get on TV. It took uh, four years from idea to bookshelf when I published with source books. And um, um, it took Curtis, four years to get in a bookshop. Yeah, from 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 idea to bookshelf. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So typical okay. publishing process is quite long because you yeah. go through to get a literary agent. You have to write a book proposal. Yeah, for um, sure. And, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so well, if we're, we're able to do it in six to nine months um, in bookstore bookshelves, we're we're moving pretty fast with it. But it's also because we do a smaller volume of um, listings per per for cycle. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, and, and the prices that you gave you gave definitely is from the prices that I've heard before. Um, let's talk about you know these you know, publicists and the people who run these PR agencies and their qualifications. Because uh, I'm definitely curious, um, like, what are your opinion about people entering the PR industry, uh, you know, as a perhaps maybe some type of, I guess, maybe employee or maybe starting their own PR firm? Uh, do you think it's pertinent uh, that they could be successful uh, with or without a college degree? Do you think it matters? 
I don't think it matters, unfortunately. I'm a University of Delaware graduate with a communications degree and a minor in theater, and I went into television. Um, I came up through television. I think, um, and in our company, we, we prefer to hire TV producers or producers. We prefer to pe- hire people from the side of um, our end result uh, than, than people that just come from the PR the PR side of it. But I have a lot of colleagues um, who do do PR, um, you know, who have only done PR in the traditional sense, um, you know, who, 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 you know, we ended up at the same point and, you know, we see, we, we see, we see the expression of communication um, in the industry as the same, as the same way. Um, but, you know, I, PR is really a tough thing. I am an advocate for publicists in the way that, we also have to manage client expectations and a lot of times you know someone will hire and they'll be like i'm paying you so why aren't i on you know oprah's super soul sunday <laughs> and it's just, it's and it's a, and it's an honest expectation like people really believe that if they're going to pay us that they should have these these results and even though i do have a magic wand it for me, it's that's why we call ourselves a media development company instead of a PR company because it's it's a we have to build into the steps about it. In fact, in Heartfelt Marketing, um, my second book, I actually talk about the fact that even if you got it, what would you do with it if you don't have a platform or a business to support that type of exposure? So a lot of what we also have to do is manage it. You know, you know, you do, you want to take money with from your clients in a harmonious value exchange but you have to do it with in a way that they're realistic about it and jackie if people want to get in contact with you how do they do that oh there's there's a lot of ways but it's tv guestbert is the website is the company name and tv guestbert publishing we've got a facebook page which is tv guestbert and tv guestbert.com and our twitter's at tv guestbert and of course you can email me directly at jjordan at tv guestbert.com and that's jjordan at tvguestpert.com. I'm delighted to welcome back Christina Daves. If you've been tuning in uh, to our show, we had Christina in the past. She's the author of PR for Anyone. Uh, she's definitely one of my uh, uh, favorite people uh, to uh, to uh, follow uh, regarding the topic of public relations. You could type her name in Google, and she's literally everywhere. Fox <laughs> News, Huffington Post, she's everywhere. <laughs> Christina, welcome back. Hey, thank you. What a lovely introduction. I'll come on anytime. <laughs> you know, I'm very uh, passionate about this topic, uh, Christina, because unfortunately, um, a lot of people, I feel, who want to start new businesses or maybe they have a product or they have something like a book that they want to release uh, and sometimes they don't know how to represent themselves. I have often found that probably 60% of the pitches that I get are from, you know, so-called or maybe actual PR firms or publicists, but they're poorly written. And I always wonder, like, how much, you know, are these clients paying for this representation? Perhaps you can give us a, a, a kind of like an insider uh, look. Uh, what is the industry rates of, uh, of what clients can expect to pay to be represented? Yeah, and it really depends where you are. But in a major city, it's five to ten thousand dollars a month, um, mm. and they and there's minimums. There's six months. You have to do it for at least six months, and there's no guarantees. Um, and you get what you pay for. So if somebody says, "Oh, I can do it for five hundred dollars a month," well, guess what you're going to get? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, get what you pay for. Yeah, and and it's funny. I work. I do a lot of training, like corporate training, you know, big companies that have PR teams and marketing teams. And I'll go in and I'll tell them what they do. And they're like, no, we're going to hire a PR firm. And they do it for about a year and they spend, you know, 60 to a hundred thousand dollars and they don't get 60 to a hundred thousand dollars worth of ROI. Mm-hmm. And then they hire me to come in and train their team how to do it themselves in house. So, so they can do it. Um, and, and it really is doable now, I think the, you know, the old, the golden age of the PR firms, you know, back in the day when it was very elite and you, you were successful based on your relationships. Well, in today's age in social media, 
you can build your own relationships. You don't you don't have to rely on somebody else, and then it's more valuable to you because you have the relationship. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about that. What you know, um, if a person would uh, you know consider uh, getting into a relationship with a publicist or a PR agency, you know, what what would be the expectation? What is that kind of client and publicist experience like? Yeah, and you know, every firm's a little different. Um, I think it's very important that that the business owner is involved in the strategy. Mm. Uh, and, and something that I do that's very different, I don't know anybody else who does that, if you, and I take very few clients where I actually do the pitching for them, but if I do, I give them everything at the end. I give them all the contacts, because I want them, when they're done with me, I want them to be successful, I want them to start building these relationships and continue to pitch these people. Um, so, but I think that's very important. I think if you're just writing somebody a check and you're saying, go for it, I think it's important to, to be a part of it because that's a lot of money. That's and, a good point. And definitely kind of goes into ethics because as you stated, a lot of PR agencies opposes, they'll be happy to take the client's money, even if the client doesn't have a good story, or even if the client I mean, has a poorly written book, or even if the client has a lackluster product, they will still take their money and kind of like, you know, I guess kind of just, you know, uh, blow smoke in believing that the client, you know, has a great story. They're going to be on Oprah. They're going to be on the Today Show. And unfortunately, that's just unethical. And uh, it kind of goes into my next question. Um, you know, we look at a lot of industries, you know, and some of them have, are unregulated as well as some of them are regulated. Do you think there should be more regulation in the PR industry so clients uh, can be represented right? Or do you think that the marketplace should speak for itself and clients should either just, you know, you know kind of depend on the free market or perhaps they should uh, perhaps just do it themselves? Right. So, so here's the deal with PR. And this is why PR firms, there are no guarantees. I don't care if it's your best friend. And it's actually funny because I had dinner recently with a very old friend who's a features editor of a major magazine. And all I could do was tell her about my client. I can't guarantee that that story is going to fit. I can certainly get my foot in the door and get her foot in the door. But thats I don't think you can regulate it because the media outlets do what's good for them. And, and if the story fits, now you can teach yourself and learn how to pitch what's right for them and how to pitch what they're doing at a certain time that you, you know, there's ways you can find out what they're writing about and make yourself fit into that form. And that's really important. But I don't think you can regulate it because it's, it's so different. It's whatever that magazine is doing or that newspaper is doing. And then you have breaking news. I was supposed to be on the Today Show once and something happened. And I, you know, I, my opportunities slipped away at that point. I ended up getting on years later, but it, it's just the way it is. You know, I got a yes. And then they said, oh, we can't do it. You know, some things have changed. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It definitely happens all the time. What do you think? Uh, a person who's maybe may, maybe a person like myself. I mean, I definitely if I, I guess I, if I wanted to, if I want to start a PR firm, I definitely could. Or you know, because because of all the media context that I have and I have developed over time. But what do you say to the person who wants to enter the PR industry? Maybe as an employee, or maybe they're thinking about starting a, a firm. Uh, do you think it's important that they have a college degree, or is it not that important? I think the key to to having success in the PR industry is building relationships. Mm-hmm. It, it's getting to know those, and anybody can do it. I, I've been telling a story recently when I speak. We had a Fox anchor who was, I mean, I watched her forever. She was an anchor for 18 years, like my heroine. And we got to be really good friends. I got to interview her and she had me on several times. Well, she left television and is now entering the entrepreneur space and flipped the tables. I'm now an influencer for her. Ah, I see. Isn't that interesting? So you just don't know. You know, I, so I think that relationship building is really important. I think you need, I mean, actually, I have no background in PR. I mean, I did go to college, but I'm a double major in political science in German, and I think I'm pretty good at what I do. You are. That's from trial and error, years of making mistakes, figuring things out, 
and then you know building relationships and starting you know i have if you have a new client in a new in a new uh realm you're gonna have to start building new relationships but it's so easy to do now with twitter and linkedin and email and pick up the phone and call somebody. I did that today. I had to call an editor of a magazine to, you know, try to to work on something with a client. Most people won't do that anymore. You're right. You're right, unfortunately. And uh, it's so great to hear that. I mean, uh, you know, definitely, like I said before, if you Google Christina Davis, <laughs> uh, literally, she's literally everywhere. And, and I get, you know, as you said before, you know, your degree was uh, in, in, no, in, no, in no what related to uh, mm. PR or communications. So that's just a testament to show uh, that it is possible for people, uh, whether they have a, uh, a, 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 a degree that's perhaps not related or no degree at all, they can definitely enter the space and have just as, mal- uh, just as much success. Like you said, it's really, it's really dependent on the quality of your uh, relationships. Uh, as we come to a close, Christina, if people want to get in contact with you or follow you, how do you do that? Yeah, everything is at um, PR for anyone, uh, PR for anyone.com. That's the Twitter. Uh, and I just put up, if, if anybody's interested, I just put up um, kind of a freebie at IWantPR.com, which just gives you some tips for pitching the media, things, you know, some do's and don'ts that might be helpful. Um, so you're, you know, you're welcome to check that out, but yeah, definitely connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn, Christina Daves. I would love to hear from you. I'm delighted to have Stacy Cohen. Uh, she's the founder and owner of co-communications, a full service PR marketing firm, uh, under Stacy's leadership co-communications has been awarded the Forbes enterprise award. Uh, also was inducted into the Westchester County business hall of fame. Uh, she's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, uh, Forbes, Cranes, and is also a Huffington Post blogger. Very happy to have her with us. Stacy. welcome. Thank you, Callan. Very happy to be here. I've always said that if I was starting a business from scratch, I probably wouldn't hire a publicist or PR agency. Unfortunately, there's, a f- there's, there's only a few well-written uh, pitches and about 60% of them that I get, unfortunately, are, are, are poorly written. And, I'll, and I just imagine, like, I, I mean, what people, what clients actually pay for such a service. Perhaps you could start there. You know, what can clients expect to pay to get the type of rep- representation? Easily could be $50,000 a month. So it's, it's really quite diverse. And I totally get what you're saying. And um, it's, it's interesting because I've heard this from a lot. Of, of journalists and actually I was at an event where I don't know if you know Joe Connolly from WCBS small business radio but he actually had come in and recorded some of the good pitches and, and the bad pitches mm-hmm. and I, I, part of the problem is is that publicists and, and and again as you know I don't even like the name but publicists were were trained um, to, to just get placements mm-hmm. so it's it's almost the pet ball, um, you know, reactive approach. So they, they might see a, a harrow and, and they're just, you know, they know like first one in, you know, um, will, will more likely get them a response from someone like you. But I, that's not the case. Um, I believe today more than ever, PR professionals have to be marketers first and they have to give a lot of thought and consideration to how they're packaging their, their clients. You know, in essence, in the PR world, between myself and my team, we're really storytellers, and and we're we're in sales, and the packaging of the information is is just as important, or or maybe even more so than the distribution. So you really have to, you know, the the PR people of today have to really um, spend the time and the packaging, and really understand who are their clients' target audiences. What are their objectives? And they have to get inside their target audience's mind and understand, you know, what's in it for them. You know, I always say you need to add value and not clutter. And also the pitches that that go to you should be um, not a book. They should be really succinct and, you know, stay stay true to um, your focus. And, of course, always research uh, the type of, of posts and articles and, and interviews that that you've you've done in the past, and so really get to know what you're looking for. 
Have you ever thought about talking to your ideal customers as a podcast guest? Marketing, at its heart, is starting a conversation with someone who can be an ideal customer. Today, there is no easier or more effective way to be interviewed on podcasts that your potential prospects are already listening. If you want to turn listeners into leads, check out Interview Valet. They are the leaders in podcast interview marketing. That's interviewvalet.com and start leveraging the power of podcasting as a feature certified guest. Stacy, do, do you accept anyone that's interested in working with you or are you selective with who you work with? We are, um, at this point, this is our 20th year in business. We're definitely more selective. Um, once in a while, we, we do work with some startup companies, but most of the clients that we work with are a little bit more well-established and, and typically their um, annual revenues are $5 million plus. But we also work with, because we believe in social cause, we also work with a lot of nonprofits and um, we, we discount our fees to them uh, to the point where, where some of them could be said to be almost pro bono. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so, so again, the, the, um, I think the, the fee, and I understand there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers, especially I remember when Harrow came out. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and, and I speak to people all the time, and they're like, I don't need a publicist because there's this, there's this great source, Harrow. And also you had mentioned Cision before. Yes. Uh, you know, but clearly there, you know, there are other tools that, you know, that we pay for. And, and also I think you have to look at clients more holistically because to us again because we're marketers first and you know and then you know there's times we put on on the PR cap there's a lot of times you have to look for different opportunities for clients so in some cases we'll look for speaking opportunities you know developing them as as thought leaders uh, you know and, and really builds credibility so it's not just always about the media placement in other cases will look for appropriate award submissions interesting a, a client hired us not that long ago and um, the project they gave us were, were to uh, it was a real estate client were to find all of the uh, industry awards that would be relevant to them mm-hmm. so I think the next thing I think the next direction I want to take it in is you know there's a lot of people in the PR industry who have a college degree and there's other people in the PR industry who does not have a college degree. You know, I do see that you have a college degree from uh, Syracuse University as well as an MBA from Fordham. Um, do you think that really makes a significant difference uh, on a person's ability to be a great uh, publicist? It, well, let me put it to you this way. It, there's still nothing like real life experience and PR is something, and you have to be wired for it. You really, really do. And I, I used to say in my background, I was with, I started my career uh, with CBS, so I was actually in entertainment PR. And I used to say you need eyes in the, you know, in the front of your head and also in the back. But these days, you need like, like sensors every single part of of your body. So I think there's there's a nature nurture thing going on. I think part of it is is in your DNA and you have to be wired for it. And, and there's certain uh, personality char- characteristics, I think, that, that makes someone, uh, you know, very good in public relations. And it's not what you would ordinarily think of, you know, well, you need someone that is, is outgoing. I have had people work for the agency that have been a little bit more introverted, but nonetheless, they still they they, they know um, what makes for a great story and really good at packaging the information and pushing it out there. The MBA or further education definitely supplement it. Mm-hmm. I also think it's as as you you know it's it evolves it evolves every day and it's. You know, to now it's snapshot. You know, Snapchat. What's next? So I think we all have to continually uh, be learning, and I and I support that with my staff. And uh, it's all about professional development and just knowing. Um, at the end of the day, it's really figuring out where, who do you want to reach, where is your target audience 
getting their information and making sure that you're you're um, you know you're you're targeting your information to that media channel. And being a being a, a successful person like yourself, Stacy, who has you know had uh, a, a full service PR marketing firm for twenty years. If a person is considering working with a publicist or hiring a PR agency, what would be some big no-nos that they should look out for to help them uh, hire the uh, best publicist or PR firm possible? Great question, Callan. One of the first things that I always caution is that we can well we can never give guarantees. So a lot of times a client will well a prospective client will say you know well if you don't get me a front page in, in the New York Times, then, you know, you're, you know, you're not doing your job. But it's, you know, it's, as you know, there's a, a, a strong editorial wall and um, in, in much of, of the media, and you can't guarantee anything. The best you can do is, is show them your history, show them all of your placements. But you also want to work with a PR professional that has has worked um, within within the industry and has the media contacts. If if for example, um, if for example, a consumer product company uh, was looking for a publicist, probably not their best bet to go with uh, a PR firm that that only works with professional services like accountants and and attorneys. They're better off looking for a company that has laser focus on consumer products because, at the end of the day, it's it's largely built on on the relationships that that we make with with the media, and it's like anything else. There's a there's a trust relationship, and there's a lot of, of back and forth. So our media contacts are really our pot of gold, and so what ends up happening is that. They'll come to us a, a lot, asking us for, you know, I'm doing a, a financial service story. Do you have, you know, any type of companies? And even if we didn't have that type of company in our client portfolio, we're, you know, we're very connected, so we can find, um, you know, that that media, um, that journalist, a contact. And, and it really is. It's it's like, you know, we have to work together in tandem. And Stacy, if people want to get in contact with you or follow you, how would they do that? They could uh, follow me on Twitter at Stacy Ross Cohen, and um, my website is cocommunications.com. So it's cocommunications.com. I am delighted to have Gail Seidman. She is the founder and owner of Publicide, a uh, PR agency. Very happy to have her with us. Gail, welcome. Thanks for having me, Callan. It's great to have you. I always said that if I started a business from scratch, I probably wouldn't hire a publicist or a PR agency. 60% of them I get is just, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, poorly written. And I always ask myself, you know, you know, how much are people paying for this? And perhaps you could shed some insight. You know, what what do clients typically? I mean, uh, what what are clients typically charged uh, to be represented by uh, PR firms? You know what? It really varies because there's some independents out there who, like you said, unfortunately, are putting out the poorly written, poorly pitched um, products, and they're accepting you know twenty five, thirty five dollars an hour. And there's some of us who've been doing this a long time, uh, consider ourselves educated in both journalism and PR, and we think we put pretty good pitches together. And, um, you know, I, I can, I mean, I'm on the low scale, and, you know, I can go between 100 and 135 an hour, but I really don't bill by the hour, um, you know, it's kind of an average because I do things by the package. Mm, I want to know what the client needs, how much, for how long. And it, it 
came to me early on that clients didn't like being billed like they were from an attorney. Mm -hmm. So I switched my hourly billing to project billing, and that seems to work much better. But and, if you, I'm and sorry. And that's based on a monthly uh, per basis? Yes. Um, a lot of times the package, I will charge like a third up front and a third in the middle, third at the end, or half up front, half at the end. Mm -hmm. But most agents, you know, I don't know what agencies are doing back in the day when I, I was involved with an agency for a short time. And I can tell you agencies are charging a boatload more than someone like I would. Um, you're talking like five grand a month. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's high. And, yeah. and they will also take every single expense into account. And while I will tell you, like if I'm traveling by air or to another city uh, by car, that's that's an extenuating circumstance and I would use that as an out-of-pocket expense, but they're billing you, you know, by the quarter hour. So, um, but to answer your question, uh, it, it really varies. It's, um, yeah. it, it varies depending on experience. Yeah, let's talk about that. You say, you say you're one of the, kind of the, the, the lower, uh, as far as price, you're kind of on yes. the lower end. Um, what do you say to people? Because sometimes people have this thing, oh, well, you know, for me, it's, it's it's so interesting to hear this perspective. But they'll say something like, "Oh well, that person is priced too low." Well, I, you know, I, you know, I, w I want to pay more because if I pay more, they think that they have this idea that they're going to get a, a better quality of service. Well, uh, w what do you say to that? You know what? You're probably right if you're paying in the twenty-five to fifty dollar range because mm -hmm. you're probably speaking with somebody who's not experienced. Mm -hmm. The reason why I can do it my way is because I pick and choose who I work with. And even though you can add up to what it might be for a six-month or a year-long project, but it certainly doesn't compare to, you know, $5,000 a month or more, which is what some agencies will bill. And, you know, you just, you don't know what you're going to get with a lot of these agencies, too. You'll have a meeting with the owner, and then once you sign on with them, uh, one of the people underneath him or her will service the account. And that's not always bad because I'd like to think that when I worked in the agency business, I was pretty good. I got some nice letters from from my clients, and and I guess they enjoyed the experience. Um, but I'm able to do it because I want to work with a specific kind of client. I'm not going to take it just because they have a thick wallet. Interesting. So let's 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 kind of get into that. You know, what what is like? So you stated that you like to pick and choose what clients you want to work with. So you know, a lot of clients are coming to you, and you're kind of selective. What does a p What does a PR agency and client relationship looks like? Like, what is the framework of that? Well, you hope it's complementary on both ends because you're working together as a team, mm -hmm. and you want to do things that please the client, but you also want to educate the client because not everybody understands what PR is all about. Mm -hmm. They, uh, I've sat down with several, I've sat down with authors that, um, you know, back in the day, first go around, they said, oh, you know, I want to be on Oprah and I think I should um, be on this show and that show, but they don't understand that there's a progress that you start at, at a local level. Mm -hmm. And especially today when those stories are posted online, the likes of the national shows are seeing those locally and they can help spread your message nationwide. So the chances of a national host contacting you based on something you did locally is pretty valuable. Mm. But you have to educate a client about that. You can't just say, oh yeah, I'm going to get you on you know, the latest greatest talk show or um, the cover of USA Today or whatever. There's got to be a process and hopefully an understanding of the timing, the potential timing, because one story may catch on right away and another may take several months. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, Gail, if people want to follow you or get in contact with you, how would they do that? They can find out the basics about me at publicide.com, and that's um, like publicity with an S, P-U-B-L-I-S-I-D-E. But I'm frequently on Twitter, at Publicide. Gail, thanks for being our guest. Thank you, Cal, and it was fun. Thank you. 
for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist at Seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.